Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 188. It is your pals back from Boston, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? I tell you, it was a whirlwind of stuff in Boston, and we're back now, and it's a whirlwind of activity going on still. So, uh, been, uh, been drinking from the fire hose, I think, with information lately. I hear you. When you're away, you try to enjoy and relax, but I feel like we were just on the go the whole time. Yeah. It like all blended together. It was just kind of a wacky, uh, what were they, three days, four days? Four days, really, yeah. Yeah, seemed like, uh, it seemed like, like one just crazy long day. <laughs> I wish we could have gotten more stuff done and talked to more people and, and got out to see everybody. And, you know, we'll get into that a little bit later on as our main topic. But yeah, it was a good time. But I know I am, I've been like burning the candle at both ends this past week, just trying to catch up and get out emails and thank you notes and, and keep corresponding with people because it's been, it's been crazy. It was, uh, very, I gotta say, I gotta give it to you. You've been, uh, you've been carrying the load on this one, which is, uh, very impressive. I'm dying over here. I gotta tell you that. I've been going in to like do stuff and I'm like, Oh shit, Brian already did it. Oh, okay. He already answered that one. So it's kind of like, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to bed and waking up thinking about the emails I was going to send people. So I just said to myself, this is not a way you can live your life. Like just get them done, send them out, get some sleep, feel better, roll on to the next day. And we actually did have a conversation where we mentioned this to somebody over the weekend. They said, yes, you need to get a free intern. <laughs> <laughs> We need multiple interns at this point. And everybody seems to have them. Everybody yeah. has interns. I don't know. That's we got to we gotta get on that list. Yeah, right. If, if you either want to be an intern, let us know. Uh, or if you know how to get interns from a college or from somewhere, let us know as well. Skibonepodcast at gmail.com. I may just put something on LinkedIn. Uh, hey. We got a profile out there, so I might as well just put it. Free intern That's needed. True. According to Gary V, we should really be utilizing our LinkedIn account, but I don't really know how, well, why I, we would do that. But we at least have it set up, so that's good. That's true. That's half the battle. I'm gonna post a job on it. I'll just post a, no, a job opening. Boom, free intern, no pay, a zero. <laughs> that's right. Potential for greatness, huge, huge, fun, a hundred percent, thousand percent, thousand percent. That's right. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. All of our info is there. Hit us up on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are at Ski Bum Podcast. I actually went to our Facebook page and I think it's not the right one. Oh, at really? Ski Bum Podcast. It's the page that doesn't get all the updates. Uh, well, because we have, because freaking Facebook does it where you have to have a page for your profile to be able to do ads so we put stuff to the page when it really our profile is our main thing so i don't know that's one of the reason why facebook sucks <clears throat> yeah we have the page we barely use it we're there on instagram and twitter that's where we usually live yeah also on the website we have our shop skibumpodcast.com slash shop you gotta buy Brian some said, stuff hey we got some we had we had a bunch look at that shirt Boom. Isn't that a sexy shirt? Boom, right there. In theory, that shirt is already up on the site. But Boom. because of the week we've had this week, it is not up on the site yet. Oh. But you know what? I want to say it's going to be up this weekend. It's got to be up before next week. Next week is a big shopping week, obviously. 
it's going to be a ton of people comp- complimented us on the shirts and the swag that we have and all the other the stuff we were rocking and people were like how do i get one of those or of course everybody's asking for free shirts like can i get a free shirt it's like you can get a shirt on the website <laughs> yeah we're trying to we've given a few away but these are for like high level vip folks and yeah yeah we we, we just got them in a, a few weeks ago you know i talked about it they're going to be out there this weekend I'll show right, you, you again. Know, I, you know, Boom. I'd love to say by this weekend. I I don't want to lie, so I will say they will be up by Thanksgiving. That I can that I can do. Yeah, but yeah, they're uh they're, they're really sweet. I think they turned out really great. Let's check that out. Also, subscribe to us, please, on all your favorite podcasting apps: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. We had a pretty funny Instagram post this week. If you saw it. So South Dakota had this whole new ad, like this ad campaign, and the tagline is "Meth, we are on it." I don't know if you, if Mario, if you saw that, but they, uh, it's an ad campaign that the governor, that the, you know, the the state of South Dakota put out because of the meth problem in the state, and it's funny because it reads "Meth." I'm on it or we're on it, depending on the picture. And (laughs) meth, we're on it. The depiction is that. We are on it, as in we are on top of it to fix the problem. But when you read it, I mean, that's obviously the tongue-in-cheek way they wanted to, you know, make this ad campaign run. So I was gonna just put a picture on Instagram saying "Math, we're on it" and pictures of us. Then I'm like, yeah. you know, most people won't get that. So I had to take the same styling of that and say iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, we're on it because. It was taking it. It was kind of twisting it a little bit to make it a little more not weird to people who just would roll up on our Instagram and be like, why are they saying they're on meth? Granted, those orange jumpsuits would definitely be a sign that said you are on meth, but no. We might have to have pure snow. We're on it. Considering how busy I've been, I would love some meth right now. But you know, oh, you you know how much more productive you'd be? I could use some Adderall right now. That'd be great. Adderall is probably what you should be, be looking to get but nay i'm just gonna keep drinking this delicious beer that i will talk about in a few minutes and keep banging on because we need a doctor we need a a highfalutin uh doctor in uh you know that we can call like when we need adderall and stuff like that we definitely could use someone who could write prescriptions we also could use a nurse who could get us some ivs yes i do well they have they have one at the mall here it's one of those iv Drip That's because you're in Florida. That's they all kinds of stuff at the mall that you, they don't have anywhere else. Dude, they have them everywhere. They have uh, the Dr. Beer in the New York City, and they have like all those drip clinics around. It, it's around. You just got to find it. It's them everywhere. Our great-grandparents waited in line for bread. We go to the mall to get IV injections because we had too much fun partying. Exactly. It's just the world we live in. Freaking dumb, irresponsible idiots that we are. 2019. Oh my God, this is the worst time ever. (laughs) Stop it. You don't know how hard it is, but I have all these student loans. (laughs) I had this, this great post that I saw today on Twitter. And it said, this is the most inspirationally depressing bathroom graffiti I've ever seen. It says 2070 called. You're dead and wasted your time on earth. Think about that every morning. Wow. If you don't love your job, if you don't love what you're doing, think about that. Hmm. This is what motivates me when I get down. Like, I, you know, I've been busting my ass all week, and there's moments where, like, I just want to lay down. I want to go to bed. 
I think about that shit and it pushes me a little bit harder to go a little bit longer to get shit done because the, the hour is coming for you, man. The sand is ticking from that hourglass. So we got to make all these precious moments count. So we're hustling. Stands so check like us out. Stands of time. That's a soap opera, right? Probably should be. It's not. So days get of out our there. lives. Like, like the sands of time. Oof. These are the days of our lives. Yes. So you're wasting time. You should go to skibumpodcast.com slash shop and buy some swag. Subscribe to us. Listen to this podcast while you're running up a hill. You're doing two things at once. Multitasking. Getting it done. Thank you. Thank you again to everyone who's been subscribing and writing to us and checking out the podcast. We really do appreciate it. I also want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the good folks at Quickie Wax. Q-U-I-C-K-I-E-W-A-X. Go to their website, quickiewax.com. Get yourself some wax. They got four kinds, warm, all temp, cold, cleaner. It is ski season. You probably could use some all temp or some cold because now is the time. Wax up your skis and board. Get out there. Wax Quickie on, wax, wax off. Yes. <laughs> Mario son, wax on, wax off. Quickie Wax is a Colorado ski bum owned company and is a proud sponsor of our program. So thank you so much, Quickie Wax. We appreciate your support. Hopefully we'll get out there and get to ski with you this winter. So the tagline, it looks like on the packaging says it's quick and it makes you fast. What more do you want? That, that's pretty simple. Straightforward. It's a thing of beauty. Speed is of the essence. And speaking of speed. <laughs> it's time for our prey today. Mario. Well, I don't have my usual uh, pre pray and then double, triple pray as I normally do. Today, I'm nursing. Oh, we can tell. Yeah. We can tell. I'm nursing my um, tea, hot tea with a little bit of uh, bullet bourbon in there um, out of my Cortina mug. So, have a little pray mug. Little That's Cortina. a nice mug. Yeah, pretty swank. Little postage stamps on it. Um, but yeah, I have a little throat coat tea in there because I just feel like this cold is not going away. Uh, I was fighting it. I was beating it back. And then we went away to Boston, 27 degree weather and running around and staying up a lot. Um, it's kind of warm me down. So now I'm back I'm trying to recoup, still running around doing stuff. So <clears throat> yeah. So I got today just that a uh, little bit of bourbon, which is kind of like cough cough medicine, the huh. the natural cough medicine and tea. So hitting the spot. Very nice. Yeah, I hear you. I uh, I have some tea as well. I I'm kind of feeling the same thing, and I was kind of teetering on not feeling great and pushed through last week, and definitely needed more sleep and more time to recoup. But hey, man, you gotta make hay while the sun is up. So. Push through, crank through. So I have my tea, but I also have a delicious beer that was picked up in Boston. We talked about it last time we went up there, and the Trillium Brewery is kind of a, a well-known hotspot up there in Boston. Oh, you brought back quite a few of those, huh? I did. Yes, I think some of these are yours because yeah. you could... <laughs> brought them up and just didn't drink them because we were running around and drinking other stuff. And you know, it's one of those things when you're at a really good brewery, you always overbuy. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Because usually when you're at the brewery, you have a couple beers. And then you go, you know what? It would be a good idea to buy all all these other beers. So I have lots of beers. 
Exactly. Never actually thinking about the logistics of what to do with all those beers or how you're going to transport them and travel with them. Well, we were figuring we're going to drink them and then you just wind up drinking other stuff and you're like, no, I'm good. I'm not going to drink a beer in the room. So yeah, pretty much, pretty much. It it happens. So what ended up happening is, well, we didn't go, we did have a mini fridge in the room and it was completely full of beer. Yes. There's no room for anything else other than what we put in there. One tiny little Cabot cheese packet. A wafer, a wafer of a Cabot cheese packet. was the only other thing that fit. (laughs) You know, Trillium, like most of the good breweries these days are known for their IPAs, but they do make some other really good beers. And I have one of those other really good beers right now. And it is called Super Secret Stairs. Ooh, Super Secret Stairs. It is an Imperial Boston Stout really really good and you look at it and you probably (laughs) because i haven't had enough of these yet i was gonna actually tilt it to show the camera but that would have ended Uh, up pouring (laughs) the beer all over the computer which would have been really dumb so yeah as you can tell i haven't had too much of this beer yet it's good that you stopped but it is super super thick i mean this looks almost like uh like a nitro cold brew coffee it's is thick. it sweet or is it uh like what's the uh flavor on that it's definitely a little bit sweet but you're getting coffee you're getting malt you're getting you know a little bit of sweetness a really <coughs> flavorful rich stout is what this is you know chocolate coffee all that mm. this is it's really really good it is a humdinger at 9.1 percent damn See, I wish I brought some back. I just had no room in my suitcase. Yeah, this is this is outstanding. So if you're into stouts, definitely find a way to get your hands on this thing. And it isn't overly sweet because some stouts they tend to overdo it with the sweetness. Mm. It's almost got a little, like a little bitterness at the end. No, not like bitter, bitter, but like a like a girl. Like say you're hitting on a girl, and you know she likes you, which gives you a little bit of attitude. It's attitude, but it's not attitude. like malicious or mean. It's like fun attitude. That's the kind of bitterness this is giving you. It's fun attitude. Yeah. Cool. So there you go. And I don't think we have any additional <clears throat> stories in the app right today. So let's get into the Genjula. A, yeah. a place we've really ignored the last been, few weeks. Staying out of the Gondola lately. It's been under construction and there's been stuff going on and... Uh, had to fix one of the cables, you know, that snapped. It's fixed, and now we have a, a pretty interesting story that needs to be mentioned here. Wednesday, we're, we're doing this podcast on Thursday. So yesterday, <clears throat> there's a truly historic vote for marijuana. For the first time ever, U.S. Congress voted to end cannabis's nearly century-long status as a federally prohibited substance. By a vote of more than two to one, the United States House Judiciary Committee passed the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement More Act. They're saying what this does, it removes the marijuana plant from the Federally Controlled Substances Act, thereby enabling states to enact their own cannabis regulations free from undue federal interference. Where is your little applause sound right now? Wait, I got... Even better. It's the happy cowbell. Finally. This should have been in place decades ago. uh, So it's, it's kind of complicated to understand why. And I guess they, they pulled it out of the bill. Like they, 
they pass something to negate it from the other bill or something like that. Whatever the case, it's off of that banned substance list now. Does that mean it's off of schedule one? Because I was reading this trying to figure out like... I think it still needs to pass through something in the Senate at this point. So it hasn't actually... So this is the House Judiciary Committee. So this is Congress and it still has to go to Senate. I think so. Yeah. I'm just going by my my knowledge of how laws get passed from the... I'm just a bill. I'm just a bill from the cartoon little five minute in between cartoon dropping knowledge on everybody. Uh, What what was the name of that series called? Ah, they were great though. I'm just a bill. Yeah, and they had the other one five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five. Then there was conjunction, uh, conjunction function or something like that. Conjunction. Yeah. Schoolhouse Rock. Schoolhouse Rock. That's what those are great. If anybody doesn't know what that is look up schoolhouse rock and there's these little shorts i think they were like maybe a minute two minutes and they were very informative like they'll tell you how a bill gets done in like two minutes is great or five minutes whatever they have a cute little cartoon of a bill just waiting he's like man they didn't they didn't vote on me so now i gotta wait (laughs) so it goes to committee and then they can it was really cool but anyway they're saying to go to the full house the judiciary committee passed it now it gets voted on by this by congress and then i don't know if it has to go to the senate and some more or the other stuff so uh at least it's on a quicker road than being talked about it's getting voted on now so that's good yeah it's it's different it's it doesn't mean anything will officially happen now but the fact that it got this far is way further than anything else has ever come before it yeah hopefully it'll start you know i think they've already done it but hopefully it'll start the signal that you know maybe we stop cracking down on marijuana and spending valuable federal resources doing that and do something else you know work on meth work on cocaine like these are things that you know there's a meth epidemic going on and heroin like that's really killing a lot of people so yeah when you you can't just put all drugs together in one category and say all drugs are bad. That's just not how it works. It's crazy. Yeah. So interesting news. We'll keep tabs on this, obviously, but just wanted to at least make a quick mention of it because it is very historic. And again, it hasn't led to anything changing officially, but it's, it's a massive move in the right direction. Let's go to ski news. And we're going to start off with a, a, Sad, unfortunate story. Jake Burton Carpenter, founder of Burton Snowboarding, widely considered the founding father of the snowboarding industry and lifestyle, passed away Wednesday evening in Burlington, Vermont, from testicular cancer complications, according to his spokesperson. Hmm. He was 65 years old. Damn. He went by his middle name and founded his company from his Londonderry, Vermont barn in 1977 with 300 snowboards sold the first year. As his company grew, Burton became a spokesperson for the sport, which by the 1980s had joined skiing as a recognized winter sports competition. His company headquartered in Burlington has expanded into snow sports apparel and accessories and has a global reach with more than 900 employees. It's one of those stories that you just, you know, you don't kind of, you don't see it coming. And, you know, I guess Jake had had, uh, you know, cancer before and it seemed to be in remission. But 
um, you know, he had wrote a letter to his employees two weeks ago saying that, you know, it came back, but that he was optimistic and things were looking good. And then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, things took a, a, a sad turn for the worse. So, yeah, I think people need to realize like, you know, everybody hears a lot about breast cancer awareness and, and, you know, there's a lot of other cancers out there. So you really have to be aware that there's, there's a lot of different ones out there and, you know, uh, hopefully everybody is getting the right help and checking things before they get out of hand. But, uh, you know, it's cancer. It, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah. tough stuff, man. Yeah. And, and testicular is usually one of the ones that's <clears throat> more easily treated. Didn't Lance Armstrong also have that? Which yeah. I mean, started there and then kind of spread. <clears throat> well, yeah, the problem is it's a, I guess it's a gland. So, um, I don't know if it spreads quicker, uh, or if there's a, bigger chance for that but um yeah it's just not yeah any cancer is not good let's put it that way so yeah yeah so um, condolences to you know the burton family and you know his wife and and three children so and all his friends i mean and you know someone who changed the world in that way he did change the world think about it he was snowboarding you know Oh, thousand percent. Yeah. It's crazy. I I love the picture of him with the snowboard with the tether on the front where he's holding it. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if he has the boots fastened in. It's pretty, pretty cool. I mean, you got to imagine just the number of prototypes he must've gone through (laughs) when he was making these to get it right. I wonder if he started with the freeboard, you know, the, uh, no binding. Well, it mentioned, in one of these articles that he started with the snurfing. Oh, okay. Which probably has no bindings or boots and they're just surfing on the board. Exactly. Like the thing with the string in the front. Yeah. Yeah. That was. And then the other one, he has like a tether on his hand, kind of like a surfboard so that if he falls off, he can get the board. But I, I guess he's not fastened to the board there either. So. That's pretty probably amazing. one of those freeboards, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just to to create a new product like that, to build a new industry. I mean, you know, it's... The and it's everything from motivation. snowboards to apparel to gloves. I have a pair of Burton gloves and pants, and they're fantastic. I've got a Burton backpack that I just, yeah. just got recently. It's crazy. Like, all that stuff. Yeah, it's amazing what what one person really can do. I mean, obviously, it's taken you know t- dozens of hundreds of people to make it all come to where it is now. But you know, without his courage and tenacity and drive and motivation, you know, none of it would have ever gotten to that point. Yeah, and, and the ambassador that he was too was good. And you know, at one point, he could have just said, "Nah, I'm not going to do this. I'm done. Yeah, I'm gonna take a nap." You know, and that's that's. I'm sure. Lots of people over history have been at that point where they're almost ready to break through and stopped. So, you know, you look at a story like this and, you know, you, it's easy to, to get way down and get sad from, you know, the conclusion, obviously, you know, death and cancer are horrible things, but to celebrate the man and what he did and what he brought to the world, that's really what this is about. You know, that's what we should all be focusing on and what he would want us to focus on too. Yeah. And there's a cool kind of parallel story to this from our friend, Matt Pepin, who we spoke to just this past week in Boston. And he actually, it's crazy. He actually mentioned the story to us when we were talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. 
because he he mentions when he was out in South Korea for the Olympics back in 2018, him and the Globe Olympics writer John Powers had put together a list where they ranked all of the Olympic sports. And Matt was saying that he had he he thought about the list and thought that snowboarding was too low. They had it at sixth. But then once they got uh to South Korea, he uh he he made a quick change and they bumped it up to third. <laughs> Which is pretty funny because the next day, Matt said when he woke up, he woke up to a, a email with a subject line note from Jake Burton. And it was from his publicist who was writing to share some feedback from Burton. And it said, it is noteworthy that you rated the viewability of Olympic sports and cool that you put snowboarding on the podium. Third place. That said, snowboarding should for sure have been on the top of your list. And then he went on to say, consider the fact that this sport was pioneered in New England. New Englanders have won a plethora of gold medals, and it is one of the few winter Olympic sports that Americans have ever swept the podium, not to mention the energy that snowboarding brings to the Olympic stage is infectious. While our sport may appeal to a younger demographic, and for some, our lexicon is hard to understand, maybe by watching people, we'll get younger learn some new vocabulary and be inspired to get on the mountain themselves. Hmm. That was really cool. Yeah. Very cool. And that kind of, you know, harkens back to the fact that, you know, he got the message from his same publicist today that he had passed away. So, hmm. you know, an interesting tie in there and very uh, unfortunate, but also someone that, you know, again, is a, extremely inspiring and motivating and you know if you're ever trying to build something and uh any sort of business idea opportunity just and don't don't quit don't give up something something may happen i'm sure he made plenty of crap snowboards and wanted to quit but he didn't and uh look where look where it took him he's got a name that's completely iconic in the industry he will be remembered so forever yep <clears throat> all right so uh next up we have former aspen city councilor ski co ski co executive derek johnson pleads guilty to stealing and faces four to 12 years in prison uh i think we mentioned this story way back when yeah it came we mentioned up. it yeah when it first broke and they 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 charged this gentleman derek johnson yeah. and now i guess they went through and they're they're doing uh I guess he's waiting for sentencing. So four and 12 years in prison, he, he's facing. Um, he had to plead guilty, it looks like. Yeah, they're saying he stole between $100,000 and $1 million from SkiCo between June 2013 and January 2019. That's a pretty big range. That's a, I mean... That's a big I, difference. hundred grand versus a million? Yeah, I mean, I imagine he started with hundred grand and was up to $100 million and... <clears throat> I don't know. Six years. I mean, that's that's a long period of time. Six years. That's a little nice little extra uh, bunch of cash that he was getting. So now, is that the wholesale price of the skis, or is that? Well, I don't know. They're saying retail. Him and his wife. They're saying um, previously it was alleged that him and his wife Carrie stole more than two point four million worth of skis, snowboards, and other goods during his seventeen year history. Um, 
But now they're saying he'll only have to pay back $250,000. Um, and I guess because it was a plea deal. So he did a plea deal. They said, look, we're just going to make you pay $250,000, which he, they may find, they may have found out that he still has that money left, left in his bank account and he'll, uh, he'll pay that or whatever, but, uh, he stole a lot more than that. So I love his statement. I acquired some items without permission. <laughs> that's pretty much just stealing. Yeah. That's kind of what, uh, a little bit of a definition of embezzling or stealing sort of or, the MO there. Yeah. I mean, you can call it what you want. It's still taking something that you shouldn't have. So yeah, no, no slap on the wrist for you. You're getting some time. Yeah. So it was two counts of theft of 1 million or more, two counts of theft and two counts of conspiracy to commit theft. So, um, and that, that is for his wife, Carrie Johnson. So she's going through, and I guess she's facing charges as well. Yeah. Her case isn't going to continue until December 16th. And it mentions that, you know, her attorney, that it's kind of a big deal because they have three children. Mm. You know, I don't know their ages, but you know, maybe you should steal to support your children. How about that? <sighs> While I feel bad for the kids, I mean, it's still, still a criminal, you know, a million dollars worth of skis. That's a lot of goddamn skis. I know. Let's just uh, say, let's be conservative say 500 bucks a pair. <clears throat> Thousand. 10,000. Is that 2,000 pairs of skis? Yeah. Half could be off. Well, it could be 2,000 pairs of skis or jackets or like a combination of all. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, or the, two pairs of those fancy Arnold Schwarzenegger foil skis. There you go. Maybe it was just foils. Maybe it was just foil skis. That just was so it. <laughs> they kept missing the shipment of foils. They had five on every shipment. They kept he misplaced two, two pairs, and now they uh, they're banging them for. Uh, Oops, my bad. They got misplaced. I mistook them for the skis that I brought in that day, and just took them home. Yeah, so between two hundred and two thousand pairs, allegedly. Damn, if, if I guess hundred bucks a pop. So the bigger thing to me is like when these people steal stuff like this, right? They're stealing merchandise. It always amazes me, not just that they stole this much stuff, but that they were able to resell it without getting caught earlier. Like that's a lot of stuff to come up and just start reselling through some other place. And that never flagged anybody to say, Hey, you know, you didn't have any, any expenses or, you know, were you lying on your taxes saying it had all these expenses and then you got all this profit. You know, like it's just weird. Hey man, set up a separate someone, company. If, listen, if someone comes up to you and says, "Hey man, do you want these shiny new, brand new DPS whalers for four hundred bucks that retail for twelve ninety nine?" You're gonna be like, "Hmm, dude, I'm I'm buying that twelve ninety nine diamond encrusted cod piece." That there you go. That should retail for three thousand dollars, of course. So, I mean, but, but I'm not getting in you, trouble for buying it necessarily. They're getting in trouble for buying it. You could see it happening a few times, but that many times. Yeah. It's uh, just, that's what like, I mean. The volume of like sell, reselling that stuff is just like, does he have like a fence guy in another country that's offloading? He's offloading it to like, they're making ski chairs. The Adirondack chairs out of those. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Well, but th- but you think about like what you do to sell that stuff that gets you into other crimes. Like, <clears throat> are you evading taxes at that point too? And now you're going to face tax charges. Are you selling overseas? And now you're going to face like some international theft charges or some shit. Like, I don't know this. It could mean more stuff coming up, but it just kind of, it, it boggles my mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I'm a demented story, but you know, it's a good follow up though. Yeah. You might get busted. So don't do it. Just don't next, do it. next up, Killington, Vermont, the home of the FIS women's world cup race, November 30th to December 1st, officially gets the positive snow control for Audi from the FIS world cup association, the governing body. So they have given the green light and they say that the races will take place this uh, next weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Wow. For the fourth year in a row, they have lucked out again. Again. Yeah. This, this, this year was a little trickier. They, they didn't have as much snow as they've had the previous years. Yeah. A lot of cold though, right? It's been pretty cold. This past week has been a little bit sketchy. But there is potential for them to get about six inches over the next couple of days, which should really help. And then it looks like the week of Thanksgiving, they're in pretty good shape. So I guess all that analysis, actually that six inch <coughs> snow forecast changed and now it's like an inch. Ah, okay. Sunday, they were originally looking like they were to get six inches. Um but now, you know, looking at the forecast for Killington for the ra- the days of the races, 29 and sunny. I mean, Damn. and the week before, one, a couple of days are going to be a little warm, 42 and 40 for the highs. And then 31, 29 the days before. So that should be, they should have more than enough time to blow enough snow, <clears throat> get it to where it needs to be, and then hit it really hard those last two days before and have a, uh, a beautiful weekend for the races. Well, you know, I'm excited for it too, because now I'm actually going to be able to watch it because I think it's been on NBC before, but now I've been watching a little bit. NBC sports. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the, the way it's going to go giant slalom second run on the 24th live from one to two is going to be on NBC SN, which is uh, NBC sports net 24th. <clears throat> yeah. November 24th. That's the weekend before that's the other race. Uh, it's the 30th and December 1st. Oh, that's the other race. Okay. So it should be on NBC though, right? It's usually NBC Sports, yeah. Yeah. And then I think they put some on NBC, so. That'll be cool. Yeah. So this is big news. Great for Killington. Great for New England. Great for your USA skiing. And hopefully Michaela can grab that double gold. I know she's... She's been so close the last couple of years. Probably a little bit extra nerves being up there, having skied at Burke Academy. But Twiddle's going to be there. So I don't know what else you need. You got skiing. You got Twiddle. You got Twiddle. It's be a fantastic weekend. Well, Michaela won the first year they had it there. and She won a gold last year, but she came in second in the... I think she came in first in the slalom and second in the, the giant slalom. Ah, okay. Well, I guess this weekend we'll be able to see the qualifyings or whatever. Isn't it a race somewhere else over in Europe? 
don't know. I think that's what you're looking at. Let's see. Oh, never mind. Hold on a sec. I get the updated one. Well, anyway, it should be on NBC. I think that's looking at last year. Yeah, they gave me the twenty, the wrong year. Oh boy! Of course, when I pull it up, they give me the oh, wrong year. Boy, thanks, internet. Aw. <laughs> that's what I get for pulling it up while we're talking. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, but I hate the fact that when it, when you go to these articles and you're like looking at stuff and they tell you all about the sport, sometimes they leave out like either the dates or like how you can watch it. Like <coughs> some of these articles leave that out and it's like, and they got to go look it up. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's a bunch of events this upcoming weekend in Finland, in Italy, in France, in Sweden. So those events are happening, but if you look on the schedule, Killington, November 30th and December 1st, it's pretty crazy. It's awesome. Very cool. Yep. All right. Next up, uh, women only ski brand coalition snow opens its first retail location in Truckee, California. So coalition snow is a brand operating designed by women for women. Uh, they just opened their first location um, and it's, you know, founded by uh, Jen Gorecki in 2013 to show women and young girls that they have a place in the sports industry and can shred snow just as much as the guys can. So, um, yeah, it's a, it started off with a Kickstarter campaign. They raked in over 30,000 in 2015 and then they've been just trucking from there on out. So, um yeah, it's pretty neat to see. They got a, they got a this, good boost. This is cool, but you're really pigeonholing yourself considering, again, did you see what happened this past week? How the lady who, was it Elizabeth Banks? Was she the director of the Charlie's Angels movie? Yeah, oh, yeah. She was complaining that Hollywood is sexist because she made a terrible movie and people didn't go and watch it. Yeah. So, so it's Hollywood and everybody, all the viewers problem. Yes. So. It's their fault. They are the patriarchy. All the men and yeah. women who didn't go to watch the movie, who had better things to do. It's their fault. I mean, it is a good, you know, good to note that, you know, when you're, when you're starting a company like this, that you are, willingly alienating people from your brand, right? There's so, some people who are going to love that. There's some people who that's going to make them go, it's all, it's just for the ladies. Like I am in and that's yeah. great. That's awesome. It is great. But you know, on the same thing, if you made a, a brand just for white males, I don't think it would have, it would have a different connotation. So at what point Isn't are we going to foil get skis are? Yeah. Well, at what point are we going to get to that? And it's, you know, where that's going to be taboo to do too, you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's nice now and, you know, celebrate it and do whatever you want with it. But like you said, you created a whole brand, um, pigeonholing yourself, really not including everyone. I mean, you want to talk about inclusion and being included in everything yet. You're not including everybody. So what if there was like a bunch of dudes protesting outside of the coalition snow store? Out in Truckee. 
There could be, but you know what they're probably doing? They're they're, they're taking the high road and, and they're just skiing and boarding. They're just shredding right care. now. Exactly. exactly. Again, so, again, that's exactly how I feel. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna protest. I'm not sad. I'm like I'm happy they're doing what they're doing. I want exactly. them to be successful. The more the more successful people in the industry, the better it is for everybody. Yeah. So, but that said, it's a male-dominated sport, and now you're catering to the minority of that sport. So, you better hit this out of the park, yeah. otherwise, you might be in trouble. I mean, look well, at it's just, Lulu, look it's at Lululemon having a brand. They have to. They're trying to get women, young young girls and women, more into the sport, which is good. It's good for the sport. Um, God, I mean, when we were doing share houses, I wish it was it was like that. It was. Instead of being 90% dudes, it would have been at least mixed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, so yeah, hopefully with this, with this mission, they are successful, but, uh, if they've got, it's, it's, it's always weird to having me, right? a successful like, Kickstarter is one thing, having a sustainable product that can, can last and yeah. be that targeted of a demographic. It's tricky, especially with an industry that a lot of other companies now are starting to focus and make their women's lines more unique and not yeah. just, you know, shrink it and pink it as they say. Yeah. Hey, good luck to them. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, we'll see what happens, you know? Yeah. I, I hope they're successful. So get out there, go to coalitionsnow.com and check out their site ladies and buy some of their gear. All right, Brian. So where does that leave us? What are we going to talk about this week? Yes. So now we're going to roll into the main topic. And we had alluded to it earlier in the episode, but we were up in Boston this past weekend for the annual Boston Ski and Snowboard Expo. It's our I second time. I, I just know I was there because I got all these stickers, like crazy, crazy amount of stickers that are just going crazy. You have a crazy amount of stickers. I am still holding a crazy amount of blankets. <laughs> uh, I still got to send yours back. I didn't have a I chance know. today. Dude, they are the best. I got to say shout out right now to the best gift or takeaway that I ever got out of any event. And that was Ski Utah. Ski Utah with the blanket. Yeah. It is a very nice blanket. I have yours here. <clears throat> it's all wrapped up still. Dude, Bo- Bodie has his blanket. He has not. He's been walking around the house with it all day. Utah. It's so he, fuzzy. He wakes okay. up in the morning with the blanket on. Like he sleeps with it and then he walks around the house with it. Like he doesn't want to get rid of the thing. It's so. a solid blanket. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, Annalise hooked us up. I tell you. Annalise yeah. Bergen. Annalise, she was our, our guest last week on 187. If you didn't check out that episode, it's definitely worth checking out. She was a great interview. She's a lot of fun. She's knows all about Utah, where to go, whether it's for skiing or apre or whatever you're looking for. And uh, we finally met her in person and she's even cooler in person than she was on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, yeah, she was great hanging out with her. And that was one of our uh, initial events. So we got up there on Thursday. So the event goes from Thursday to Sunday. We had planned to be there the whole weekend, and we were. And <coughs> Thursday started out. I mean, you flew in really early. Yeah, to get I up was there. Up, I was up since on the road at like four thirty. Wow. Yeah, so you were in super early. We were coming from Connecticut, driving up to Boston, which is only about 
two, two and a half hours. It wasn't too bad. And we met up at the Ski New Hampshire event. That was the first event because we are ski and snowboard journalists, which we kind of learned this weekend. It's kind of funny. We never really thought of ourselves as journalists, but apparently we are. That's the group we're hanging out with, I guess. Yeah, we were. So we got a bunch of media invites. And the first one we did was Ski New Hampshire. They had a great bowling event set up. So thank you to Shannon, who was the head of Ski New Hampshire, who yeah, that was did a, lot a really of fun. good job. They had the coolest bowling shirts. Yeah, they had like Ski they, Utah bowling shirts. Ski New Hampshire bowling shirts. I'm sorry. Ski, Ski New Hampshire bowling shirts uh, with it on the back. And it was kind of like they had their name. It was pretty cool. It was very yeah, cool. Yeah, like you know, the classic, like, in embroidered cursive name on yeah. the on the chest and then this yeah the ski new hampshire logo they had a great like what was it a, a bloody mary bar bloody mary bar and then they did it as a like a like a speed dating type setup where all the mountains all the new hampshire mountains were at each of the alleys and you just kind of went around all the press went around and hung out with everybody and talked to them um each lane was its own was a resort yeah it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, we met some really, really good people there. And again, we were kind of the new folks there because let's be honest, neither of us have skied in New Hampshire. Yeah, uh, that's uh, tragic. We have, remedy. we have to remedy that. Yeah, especially after talking to some of the folks, you know, at uh, the different resorts. And coincidentally, one of our uh, our other friends, Rich, who you know from All About Upright, we've had him a couple times. His social media consultant is working at Loon Mountain. So shout out to Alex, who was a, a great uh, conversationalist. And we had a fun time <coughs> chatting with her. Turns out, yeah, like he he knew her. And also, Ken, who we have a, a strange Jersey Action Park connection to. Oh, man. So, yeah. So we could talk about him. So he sent us the link. He found the link. For there, if anybody in the Northeast, uh, you know, grew up in the Northeast, and you've heard or went to Action Park when you were little, which was probably the most dangerous place on the planet, and it was what like they called Class Action Park. Class Action Park, uh, yeah. So it's just so it was a very dangerous water park that everybody wanted to go to. Had a lot of fun, and there was always horrible accidents and deaths at it. Um, so he actually, I think, only six people died there. Yeah, but it was like the rumors were were vast. Like there was there was some that maybe didn't die there or death was responsible, you know, like um but yeah, he sent us the link for on YouTube. I guess there's there's a bunch of famous people that um also went there and they and they put together a cute little documentary. It's a short, it's like what 15 minutes. 15 minutes, yeah. And uh, it talked about it, and it's it's pretty funny to watch, especially if you've been there. I watched it with uh, my girlfriend, and she was just like, "Oh my god, you went there!" And she thought it was hilarious too. So it was pretty funny. The best, the ride I, I never remembered being there, which I think they kind of pulled down pretty quickly, was that weird tube. Yeah. Remember, it was like a, it was like a tunnel, and then there was like a loop at the bottom. Yeah, the loop de loop. I'm like, the physics don't even make sense on this ride. Well, I think they built that and they talked about it in the show, how it really didn't do well. And uh, I think it was always there. And like, you always saw it and we're like, oh, wow, is that a new ride or is that coming? Or And it was something that they wanted to build and it just never worked. And a lot of people got hurt on it and they closed it down. Yeah. They ran it once. I love to, <laughs> in the documentary, how they said that the owner 
would pay the employees like a hundred bucks to test the new rides. <laughs> no boards, no boards of safety, no inspectors. Just hey, man, here's a hundred hey, bucks. You want you want to earn a hundred bucks? Hell yeah, yeah. Mister. One earn a hundred bucks the hard way. <laughs> That's right. Want to risk your life for a hundred bucks? Sure. So that was the Ski New Hampshire event. That was a, a really fun time and a great kickoff. And then after that, that's where the picture of the dude came from. If anybody saw our posting on Instagram, on Instagram, the dude, yes. Dude. Then after that, we went over to. Well, that was nice, yeah, committee because I had met a bunch of those folks a couple of days earlier at the same event in New York. So I'd already had like four old fashions and started chatting up these people and <laughs> you know had some ridiculous things I was talking about and you know got some some chuckles out of those folks. So we met up with them again and that was a lot of fun because you know I was able to introduce you know Mario Yu and Andrea and and Melanie to these guys and these women and we had a lot of fun there. That was pretty cool. And then we kind of crashed the ski Vermont event. <laughs> Yeah, we just uh we kind of knew a lot of people anyway and we just kind of other people were like, yeah, let's just go. And they didn't care. They were cool about it. They were like, "Yep. Yeah, hey, hey, what's up guys? Come on in." Yeah, you know? that was a lot of fun too because again, I I'd, I'd been to the Ski Vermont event a few weeks before in New York, so I met a bunch of those folks already too and that was that one was fun and fantastic cheese and one of the best cocktail reception waiters ever. Ah, uh, that like, waiter was great because we he would we, just roll up to us because we were sitting at a table. He knew like <laughs> how hungry we all were. I'm just would roll by and just loads of coconut shrimp and we just set up camp and, and he knew where to go. Ah, uh, he was the man, Paul. So shout out to Paul. The, yeah, we uh, took pictures with him. It was the waiter that. at the seaport. Yeah, he was awesome. It's funny because I'd moved and was chatting with some people, and he came by. He's like, "Nope, no more shrimp for you." <laughs> <laughs> I had like seven shrimp in like one sitting. I was trying to help him out. I was trying to empty his tray for him, but that's right. This way, keep him busy. You keep know, him busy. That was a lot of fun, and and that was the night. Tried going to Trillium, which I feel like is kind of the theme. Whenever we go to Boston, there's always at least one night where we try to go to Trillium and just can't get in. It's just a zoo. It was a zoo. Everywhere was a zoo. Like the first two nights, for some reason. Yeah, that area, that Seaport Convention Center area, is tricky because it's all still very new, and everything mm. is. A lot of stuff is under construction. So there really, you know, there probably isn't enough restaurants to facilitate the whole area when it's a busy night and everyone's working there and living there. I almost and wonder if, yeah, I almost wonder if that weeknight, the weeknights were worse because people were getting off of work and just hanging out there versus Possibly. like the weekend, like Saturday wasn't as busy. We were like, it was kind of strange. So. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up just grabbing, buying some beers at Trillium, uh, getting a dinner somewhere else, going back to the room, having a beer. Actually, yeah, that is right. Because again, we had drinks at all the other events. So. Yeah, grab something to eat at Honey uh, Honey Grow. Honey Grow, which yeah. was, that's like, that was my, <laughs> that, was that was my jam. Yeah. That was, that's like, if you don't know what Honey Grow is, I think it's Pennsylvania, like Philadelphia based, and it's a, I guess you could call it like fast cash, healthy-ish kind of fast food. And what's great is you don't have to talk to anybody when you go there. They have all these screens set up. They show you all the menu options. You can like create your own salads or 
stir fries or whatever. Yeah. You press all the buttons. You get exactly what you want. You don't have to talk to anybody. It's like good, simple food though. So it's like, it hits the spot, you know? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So we went there and went to, went to Trillium, got some beers and just kind of crashed. We were, we were all pretty tired anyway. Dude. Yeah. I friggin' crashed with the beer in my hand, I think. Yeah. That was, that was pretty tiring night. Yeah. So then Friday, Friday was a totally different day. So we were invited to the NASJA, the North American Snow Sport Journalist Association quarterly meeting. Which we are a part of. So Which we are a part of. And I had no idea what to expect going in there. I thought it was going to be like a, one of those big hotel conference rooms and like an auditorium size. And we'd kind of just be like sitting in there, chilling out and could like come and go as we please. And no one really noticed because I had no idea the size of the organization. Like it really had, hadn't uh, done my research and we find out where the conference is being held. And it's in like a boardroom. Yeah. Like a small, what was there? 25 people, maybe. So we walked in and I was like, we're in a board meeting. I'm like, this is, this isn't like, we thought it was going to be like an auditorium, like event. It it was it was board meeting. That's kind of what they said it was going to be, but we just did, we assumed it was going to be something else. We didn't read, <clears throat> you know. Um, yeah, but it was it was cool. It was pretty cool. That said, though, every everybody was very friendly, and you know they were happy to introduce themselves and you know find out who we were. But we're sitting there. Do you want to tell a story about the? Uh, we do the intros, like the. Oh yeah, so we start doing the intros, and the first. Uh, First person that does the intro, uh, I forgot her name, but she's like, yes, I'm a, a ex-Olympian and, you know, uh, now I'm covering, I, I used to cover for one organization. Now I'm going to cover the Olympics for CBS and, you know, I'm going to join NASJA and, you know, I'm here and, you know, thanks. And, and w- Brian and I look at each other like, holy crap, we don't have credentials <laughs> like that. We're just Why kinda, are we here? We're two dudes that put together a podcast and like now we're sitting here with all these like well, well recognized and, uh, you know, in the, in the industry, like they know each other and they, and they've been doing it for years and they were trained as like journalists. And it's like, yeah, we're just two schmoes that like did it and like to ski and, 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 and travel. And we decided to do a podcast. So, yeah. It was pretty That's funny. exactly what it was. Yeah, everyone's going around the room being like, yeah, I, I wrote for Ski Magazine for 30 years. And yeah. oh, I was the uh, the point of contact for Nordica for 20 years, then Solomon for 10 years. And yeah, just going around the room just like, fuck, like shit. Like, oh, I'm God. like, I tried a helicopter once. I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell yeah. you. I, you know. <laughs> yeah, and... Yeah, so we we go through and and luckily, um, you know, some of the folks we were sitting next to, like we'd we'd met before and we knew uh, Carolyn from Sunday River and Shannon from Ski New Hampshire. So we kind of do our spiel, and I'm like, listen, like we don't have any impressive ski credentials or journalistic history. We're just two guys who started a podcast four and a half years ago. We're passionate about the sport, about the industry, about skiing, snowboarding, the life. And we're just trying to to spread that fun, love, and awareness to yeah. everyone, to the listeners. And so we so we're done. And then 
um, Eric Wilbur, who's the new editor in chief of New England Ski Journal and has been a freelance writer written for the Globe, a ski writer for for decades. He actually had a presentation after, and it was all about how to pitch stories. And he actually mentioned our podcast in his presentation, but it wasn't because we were there. He didn't even know we were going to be there. But he said, like, we're kind of like the new media and what this association has to be paying attention to to make itself modern and to keep stay relevant. And he teaches journalism. (laughs) Yeah. He's a journalism teacher, like a high school journalism teacher. Yeah. So, so he's like, kind of like, dude, he's like, you gotta be aware of what the kids are doing. Like, he's like, I got TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram. He's like, you gotta know this stuff is there. Because again, a lot of these folks, very distinguished careers, but in their distinguishedness, it's, a lot of them are are older and they the the things they've done in the past were great but does anyone who's younger care now is it relevant can they stay in touch can they keep the industry can they keep this association relevant and again Shannon from Ski New Hampshire she was chiming up being like are you guys working with influencers are you guys getting other podcasts or other you know well-known skiers and boarders involved in this. Yeah. And she was like adamant about it. She was kind of a, a bit of a, a disrupting voice. And you could see some of the people being like, ah, we don't need that, that yeah. nonsense. People, people are going to read the magazines till they, you know, forever. I mean, it was, it was a, a good group of people to interact with. Cause they know, I mean, they've been, they're the guys that created, they're the people that created the, magic and mystery of reading it reading about stuff and contributing to a lot of the articles that we all fell in love with uh and and the images that we had and the sexiness of the industry and the quaintness so you know talking to them it was really it was really cool but it was it was surprising i think to both of us that they actually knew of us already and were already looking to say you know because a lot of them already realize, like look we the medium has changed and journalism has changed. And, you know, it's not just about writing a story necessarily, you know, it's about having an online presence and doing, you know, I was talking to somebody and they were like, you know, it's, it's interesting what you do. And I said, yeah, you got to realize it's not just writing a story or talking about something, you have your opinion. And even though we don't put it down into an article, it's almost like performance because we're actually online. We're talking, to somebody where, you know, they're hearing our voices and they're seeing us on YouTube. And it's, it's kind of a little bit of performance art as well as, you know, creating the journalism. So it's a different type of, of journalism. So I think that's hitting with a lot of people and, you know, I think, I think everybody's having, having a hard time adjusting. uh, Yeah. And Hey, I a hundred percent understand their sentiment too. You know, it's, it's so easy to you know have this career you've you had an amazing stellar career written for amazing resources when you have a couple of dipshits like us who are like yeah we just kind of liked skiing and stuff and drinking so we made a podcast about it and now people listen to it i could a thousand percent understand why they would be dismissive and think we're a couple of idiots because there was even one lady now this wasn't directed toward us but she was like, oh, yeah, I have people reaching out to me being like, oh, you know, you want to document my uh, my cousin Vinny's bro ski trip? And there's going to be a lot of that because, you know, everybody, 
even if they, whether they should or shouldn't have a voice, has the ability to put something out there. You this know? is yes, very, very true. Yeah. And we we try, you know, we definitely have the episodes where things spiral off the rails, but we try to keep that. But that's special. the entertainment factor of what we do. True. We we uh, when, mean, if you're looking for serious ski right. journalism, you're looking to find out like how what your din settings should be and you know the the complex mechanics of your bindings. Like I don't think we're those guys. Yeah. Maybe we'll have an episode of maybe we'll talk to somebody who knows that and is an expert in that. That's what we'd love to do. You know, we're trying to do get more interviews, get more insights, get more people talking about the part of the ski industry that they thrive in and strive to be the best in. Because we want, you know, uh, we love the people who are making the new complex, amazing bindings because we're going to use them. Yeah. Do we need to know the nitty gritty? Maybe, maybe not. But right. like, we just want to talk to people who are who are like passionate about what they're doing in this industry, and that's kind of the platform we're trying to present. We're trying to make it a little it's bit the less passion and the love of uh, of skiing and and boarding and being out there and just in the snow. It's be it's about everything that people enjoy about it, you know. Yeah, and one cool thing about talking to the different folks that we spoke to this weekend is that. I mean, I'd love to make this podcast less about you and me and more about the people that we're talking to and the listeners. Like, what kind of stuff can we bring that makes their seasons more enjoyable? You know, the, we have a bunch of interviews lined up over the next month. Like, we talk to a lot of people and yeah. a lot of people are excited and want to be on. So now we're just trying to figure out the timing for this. So, as you can tell, the last month, I think we had three or four different interviews, which yeah. is awesome. And we're trying to continue that. And just, you know, we're not talking to Lindsay Vaughn. She doesn't want to talk to us. That's fine. That's great. Lindsay's doing Lindsay's thing right now. Well, we may get a chance to talk to her. We'll see. Perhaps. 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 But, you know, like we're talking to like our, our friend Hunter, who's moving his family out to Tahoe, where there's almost no snow. Mm. Oops. They're starting to get some. It's it's gonna come. Don't worry. By the time it'll, you guys get out there, there will be snow. He's gonna you know, have time to settle in and then it'll come. You know, we're talking to Ryan from Till I Die. You know, he was a fantastic interview. We talked to Rich from All About I Pray. People who are are doing things, not, not the big names that everybody knows about, but the people who are making or kind of creating their own path in the industry. Like those to me, I find to be the most compelling. Like, hey man, I love to talk to Cody Townsend, kind of, you know, get have an interview with him. But I, I also love talking to, you know, folks who are gonna go bum it out in Tahoe for a winter, you know, people yeah. who just have a, a story to tell. And there's so many people in this industry with a story to tell. Well, that's just it. Like we keep changing it up. Like we don't like sitting with one particular format or you know, set of people to talk to. We want to talk to everybody and mix it up because that's what the industry and that's what going skiing and, you know, is for us. We go out and it's a variety of everything. Every time we go out, it's something different. So yeah, it's cool having like the general outline, but it's cool to also kind of to bend the rules a little bit. Yeah. Cause again, you know, like certain magazines, you love them because everything is exactly the way you're always expected to be. Yeah. But there's also other things you love, like that your favorite movies, you probably love them because you were like, oh, this is going to go like this again. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, that happened. Oh, crap, that happened. And it changed. It, it defied what you thought could be 
could be possible. Yeah. So I mean, I, I actually like the fact that a lot of, you know, some people that have been in the industry, you know, doing the writing and, you know, writing books and writing magazines and, you know, working in, in, um, uh, on, uh, you know, on radio and stuff like that. I like the fact that they're a little bit guarded about social media before getting into it. Because honestly, if you jump from one thing to another thing, to another thing, that's ridiculous too. You know, then, then what happens all of a sudden, everybody did anything on Facebook is out of business and everybody's moving it to Instagram and then everybody's moving to TikTok and everybody's moving to the next thing another month. So it is nice to be guarded because then you can integrate stuff, but you have to be open to integrating, you know, into that, into those platforms. So, yeah, I mean, you obviously you want to protect what you have built, but also you, you need to evolve. So it was cool talking to some of the folks who are aware of that. And we're actually kind of, you know, we were happy we were there and we were part of the group and, and want to make it, you know, keep it relevant, which, which was nice. Yeah. So that, that was Friday morning. That was a big chunk of the day. Oh yeah. And then I think we went to the show for a little bit. We, um, met up with our, our friend, Matt. <clears throat> yeah. So we, we hung out with, um, our buddy Ryan from till I die. We but their, uh, their sweet SS shred sled. Yeah, we, it was fun. You know, we saw our buddy Matt and hung out there. Hung out with our uh, our new friend Zach. So shout out to Zach. Thanks for uh, for spending some time with us. Yeah, it was fun, Zach. And went to Trillium again, of course. Yeah. Of course, we got in this time. Yeah, and then Saturday. Saturday was a bit of the chaos day. <laughs> well, it started out okay, and then we were like, we thought everything was going well. <laughs> Yes, we thought it was going well. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a rough start to the morning, and then we uh, we were interv- we had an interview set up with our new friend Mike from First Chair Travel, and super gracious guy went sat down with him, had a great interview. Checked my phone, turned out it didn't actually record. Yeah, so we had like what, like a 40, 40 minute interview that it was didn't record. A solid forty minute interview, and it was good. Like we uh, had some, we it had gold. some. It was pretty solid, and then it just—I don't know what happened. I was yeah. using a particular app. I was pretty sure I hit the record button. Somehow it stopped. See, we got we. If we haven't learned now, we always got to do a test, and then if we're not sure, we should tape on two phones just in case. Yeah, we should <laughs> definitely tape on two phones. Like I. And we that, almost that was fucked, the one. Yeah. Well, we almost fucked up in the first spot because you're like, oh, this only has a, a headphone jack and, and all the new iPhones don't have a headphone jack. Yeah. But luckily I had uh, the adapter piece. Right. The worst thing about that is I felt like such an unprofessional asshole. And that happens. It, but it sucks, you know, like, because again, we waited something that was really good. That's like, okay. Someone gives you a can of Heady Topper and you go, oh, cool, bro, and just knock it down. <laughs> just spill it on the floor. Yeah. So that sucked. So we, yeah. so Mike was actually super gracious and luckily had some extra time. So we had to re-record the podcast, which still was really good. It was pretty good still. Yeah, I got to say. No, it was still good. They've got a really cool company. They've got a great trip coming up to Banff out in March. So the next episode, we're going to have that interview as the main topic. So you might want to stay tuned for that. That's going to come out during probably Wednesday of Thanksgiving week. So when you're on your drive to 
sitting in traffic. Actually, you know what? I'll put it out early Wednesday morning so that if anyone is traveling that day, they'll have, have a trip. So, but yeah, Mike was right. great. So thank you again for your, your patience with us. And that was just, yeah, thanks like, again, man. That was, that was fun. It was, good. It was, it was just Saturday was just a weird, there was a weird, something weird in the air Saturday. It was a weird aura that day. Yeah. It was a weird day. And, and then, then like, it cleared what's up that? in the yeah. morning. Then it cleared up. Got really it cool. cleared up. It got, so we ended up just grabbing a quick lunch. Uh, Andrew met up with us and then we, uh, we ended up getting back to the, the hotel and, and just, just crashing for a little bit. Cause we were all pretty much. Yeah. I was wiped. like, I got to take a nap uh, cause I'm just freaking worn out. Tired. We were wiped. And then luckily we had made a reservation for dinner because the night before we did not. I tried to get into Trillium and there's getting a lot of places. So, let me uh, ask actually, another everybody out there. So we're at, we're at dinner, right? And the waiter says to us, in case you guys need anything, I'm going to be, uh, I got to go to the bathroom. So I'm going to be gone three, four, maybe seven minutes. <laughs> and he leaves. He was a really nice guy, but I've never heard that before. I was like, I'm going to take a dump. Uh, it's going to take me three. No, I actually need a big one. I'm going to take like seven minutes on this one. Dude, he was, and he was like the nicest, <laughs> friendliest waiter. He's like putting your, he's like, he's like, yo man, like that shirt. He's like, how's it going? He's like, put his arm on you. Like, oh yeah, he's real personal, great charismatic guy. waiter. And he, that he, was just funny. It was very weird. We're just sitting there. We're like, did he just tell us that he's taking a dump? Like take a dump. He didn't say take a dump, but I was like, he, he did everything but take, say, take a dump. And then he was telling us how long he's going to take. And I was just like, yeah, dude, like just go. Like, we don't need anything right now. We'll see you later. Like, yeah, he definitely came back with extra cologne too. So I don't know if he just had to, <laughs> had to like cover up the damage or what he was doing, but I don't know what was going on, but it was pretty funny. We're not going to name the restaurant, but the food was awesome there. It was delicious. Yeah. It was so good. Yeah. It's a Mexican place. Very Mexican upscale place. Mexican High place. High end Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. We can figure it out. Center. Very good. Yeah, that was, he was so, like, he was great. Like, everything. Every question you ask, like, oh, that's a great choice, man. It's a great choice. That's so good. My favorite. <laughs> you ask for recommendations. He'll give you, you know, some honest truths. Like, oh, the, the table side guacamole. Oh my God, you got to get that. It's so good. I'll get you more chips. He said, I'll get you more chips three times. And he did not get a chips. <laughs> he kept coming by. Oh shit. I forgot. But he you knew. guys need chips, don't you? I'm like, yeah, we've needed chips for 10 minutes now. And you've come by three times. Yeah, that was a great dinner. And then right after that, we went over to the parlor skis offices there in East Boston by the airport. And they had a great event set up that night with the Till I Die folks, with First Chair Travel, with uh, Kokia. They were hosting it again. I forget the name of the band. I keep forgetting. They they said her name a bunch of times. She sounded like uh, Janis Joplin-ish. Yeah. What was the quote that uh, Mike's sister said? Says she is a badass bitch. <laughs> She's a badass bitch. And she was. She had a great voice. The band was good. Yeah, so the music was nice. It was a good setup. Parla has a nice uh, operation out there. They got a cool spot. Yeah, so they had a you know a band set up. They had beers. They had some uh, whistle pig whiskey there. Oh, yeah. The pig, was, the pig was whistling. It sure was. They had some gansets. Uh, a lot of giveaways and they had a you know a f- bunch of films they were showing a bunch of ski movies which yeah a bunch of shorts they had a couple of shorts in the beginning and then 
the um, the kind of coup de gras was Dream Job. Yeah, it was Probably. a cute little movie. It was really good. Unfortunately, like the way the setup was, you had a lot of people in your way. <laughs> I know, like I could, yeah. I couldn't see that that great. Um, There's but, no stadium seating. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's just a bunch of tall dudes with beanies on, kind of blocking your view. Yeah, I like but, how the tall they were. They moved right up to the front, and it's like, dude, you'd be a little. You yeah. get in the back. Get behind a short person. Yeah, pretty much. But you know, it was it was a fun movie, and it was about a you know a female ski patroller, and she was trying to become a guide, and yeah. kind of her her quest. And it was it was funny. It was. Yeah, it was cute. Well done. There was some awesome locations they shot at. So it was a it was a good night. And then we just kind of after that we kind of just chilled in the hotel, watched ridiculousness, and went to bed. Ah, uh, dude, ridiculousness is having a marathon on, and you just start watching. And I love seeing people crash into things and do stupid stuff. So Who doesn't I, I've just been watching that. If if the, anybody from Ridiculous Show is listening. We would love to be on that show and just laugh with you about some people doing stupid shit. We so, know all about ridiculous. We oh do my. it so well. Yeah, that kind of wraps up the. Uh, did you book a trip? On a trip? I did not. Oh, okay. But I didn't have to. Oh, okay. I spoke to I spoke to some folks. So I uh, I'm still planning our our week before Christmas trip what we're going to do, but. I- I think it's pretty much locked in what we're going to do. And, you know, once we get a little closer, we'll talk about it and see if anyone's around. And I know there were a a few folks that we were trying to meet up with on Saturday. We sincerely apologize. Like again, Saturday afternoon, early evening was a bit of a a shit show is a little bit strong of a word. It was just weird. We had some, some things going on and we were super incapable of getting over there because of things. We apologize. I know I, I reached out to some folks and, and told them our situation, not in detail, but just kind of gave them a heads up. And they were like, oh, man, it's no problem. It's OK. We'll, you know, we'll meet up on the mountains, which, you know, yeah, that's the beauty of skiers and boarders. Everyone's super chill. Everyone's friendly and understanding. So, yeah, I wish I really do wish we could have spent more time on the expo floor. I feel like we just kind of cruised through it Friday and didn't take it all in. Like last year, I feel like we took it in a lot more. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a pretty similar format, uh, but it was, it, you know, we stopped in and saw a lot of the people we wanted to see. Uh, we met up with the uh, Rollerblade guy who, uh, Brian Miles. goes, yeah, Miles. So Brian goes up to the booth and all of a sudden, boom, spills his whole beer all over the thing. It was like, oh. Brand new long trail flying Ryan. Goddamn yep. spilled the beer. All over the place. It was like, like an asshole. Damn. Yeah. But I was ready to just walk away and be like, I don't know, I'm going to act like I didn't do it. But fortunately, it was a nice little icebreaker and we had a great conversation with him. And uh, hopefully, actually, we're going to have him, hopefully, have him on the podcast in a couple of weeks because Rollerblade's got a really cool ski to skate or skate to ski training app they put together to get folks ready for the season, which is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And then I guess, uh, you know, if anybody didn't know, Rollerblade is part of uh, the Technica family of companies, right? Yeah, Nordica, Technica, yeah. Blizzard. Blizzard. So, yeah, you know, it's pretty interesting. People forget about like brands like Rollerblade and, you know, in some fashion. And it's like, hey, they've been around for a long time, still making them some pretty sweet ass Rollerblades. So. Don't be hating on Rollerblade, man. Those are. <clears throat> no. And he actually uh, turned us on to the ski training on Rollerblade, skate to ski. Uh, and we're going to try it out. 
So if anybody has rollerblades and they want to uh, do some off-season training or during season training and want to get out on their rollerblades, if they can't get out to the mountain, um, there are some. There's a training app called Skate to Ski uh, by Rollerblades. It's free. Yeah, you can just check it out, and there's different levels on there. You can, you know, the, it's there's like a beginner level, intermediate, advanced, and expert. And it works on a lot of technique and stuff, which is different exercises, different workouts to get you, yeah, ready for the ski season. So definitely check it out if you can. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, Sunday I just kind of dropped by and you know said you know say goodbye to a few people and just uh, yeah try to get some info for our trip that me and Andrea are going to do before Christmas. Cool, which was good, but it was it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I wish we had more time had more time to just kind of chill out and, and hang out with, with some of our friends that were there. But it was, it was just, it was weird. It was definitely like, you know, a lot of peaks and valleys in the trip in general, you know, like you said, like going into that, that NASJA meeting and being, you know, feeling like you, you didn't belong there. Then all of a sudden, you know, someone talking about you and kind of validating what you're doing. You're like, Oh, we do belong here. <laughs> yeah. We just, we talked to a lot of uh, great people and, you know, one of the things that was really, I don't know if it would call it a metaphor for the industry, a comparison, the Nasja crew who was you know, definitely trended to be older, experienced, professional versus the dream job party, where it was a yeah. lot more younger, chill, fun folks. And you know, you could definitely see it was cool for us to see the two different sides of it, you know, because we're kind of almost like living in like a pivot area of both those different groups. You know, we're trying to accommodate both, if you will, kind of by doing by doing our own thing, but also acknowledging both sets of those groups. Yeah. So just 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 interesting. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you have any thoughts on that as well. Yeah, it was kind of cool. We actually ran into some people from the ski club, a uh, bunch of people we had seen all weekend. So it was kind of nice, like just bumping into people again. So never been to the event up in Boston. It really is worth it. It really is. It's like an advent calendar for the ski season. Like everyone is just excited. You know, they're they're at the ex- expo. They're trying to win stuff. They're getting stuff with their kids. Yeah. There's lots of giveaways. There's beer. Like it's just a lot, a lot of fun. And it's cool because you see a lot of different kinds of people too. You know, you see older people, you see younger people, you see families, you see couples. It's a it's a good a good mix of people. And again, everyone's just excited for the season. And there's the big the big company that has all the the gear they're selling. You know, skis, boards, equipment, clothing. I didn't even we didn't go back into the that part of the show because we were just so jammed up and busy. Yeah. And acrobats there. Just a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. I watched the acrobats for a little bit during, um, the cool thing was they had that, that special beer with, um, it was uh long trail did a collaboration with uh ski the East. Yep. And they had that special beer and the way they did it was they put on a little cart running around the place. So you had to catch the cart to get the beer. Yeah, and you didn't know where to where the cart was. That yeah. was the toughest thing. And I mean, I remember I had asked somebody, and they put it out where it was. And then, like, 
like a bunch of people asked us where the cart was, and we pointed them in the direction. It's you know, it was kind of old school. Like you couldn't just go on your phone and figure out where something was. You actually had to have an interaction and go yeah. find something, which was nice. It was very cool, I like that. Yeah. So another great time we had up there. You know, I'm I'm glad we did the t- Thursday Friday part of it. Because the Saturday Sunday park is kind of crazy. Saturday was nuts at the on the floor there. Yeah, but the Thursday Friday, I mean, it really was. I don't know if intimate's the right word, but it was like these smaller groups that we met with, the media connections, the Nasdaq group. Like it was great just having some FaceTime with these folks, talking to them, kind of seeing what they're all about, and learning from them. Already kind of thinking about next. Still a lot of skiing to do, so we don't want to look too far into the future. We want to get ready and get out there and hopefully hit up a few of the resorts that we haven't talked about much in the past on the podcast. We're going to post links to the show notes. If you want to check those out, skibumpodcast.com. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. We got one story here and it's again, another Vermont story. A lot of, a lot of Vermont themed things happening this past week, you know, with the New England Boston snow show and you know, unfortunate Jake Burton passing and now we have our Ben and Jerry's cows actually happy. What? That question may be settled in court. Oh. Never good. For decades, Vermont-based Ben and Jerry's has enjoyed a reputation as one of the country's most progressive forward-thinking companies. In recent years, however, the business started by two friends in a converted Burlington gas station has faced criticism over its own production methods, including a pair of lawsuits accusing the long-time ice cream purveyors of misleading consumers about just how humane its products are. It's a class action lawsuit. Class action. Wow. Against Ben & Jerry's and Unilever, falsely claiming the milk used and its ice cream comes exclusively from, quote, happy cows and so-called humane, caring dairy farms. But contrary to the message knowingly conveyed by Unilever to customers, only a minority percentage of the milk and cream in the products actually is sourced from these happy cows on caring dairy farms, alleges the suit filed by environmentalist and former Vermont gubernatorial candidate James Ellers. The remaining milk and cream originates from factory-style mass production dairy operations, exactly what consumers who chose Ben and Jerry's products would like to avoid. This is weird. And then the response is that Ben and Jerry didn't respond to an email asking for what percentage of its milk and cream come from caring farms. So I guess they're trying to say, look, man, you can't just say they're coming from caring dairy farms from happy cows without proving it. So they're asking him to prove it. And now there's a little backpedaling going on by the Ben and Jerry's slash Unilever side. I get both sides of this, but I do kind of wonder what sort of time this James Ellers fella has on his hands. Yeah. That he's going to come up with a whole class action lawsuit. Well, he's running for governor. That's why it's his former gubernatorial candidate, not current. Yeah, that, you know, former gubernatorial candidate is still the governor. He's still going to be a gubernatorial candidate. I'm Listen, sure he's waiting I'm, for another run. If this sticks, I'm pissed off. 
I'm pissed off that my favorite Ben and Jerry flavor got canceled too. You know, Mission to Marzipan, it was a weird flavor. It wasn't going to be, you know, a number one seller for them. It was goddamn amazing. I love that ice cream. It's gone. I could understand. This is probably why he's pissed off. There's probably some flavor that he loved that Ben hey, and Jerry's sent to the graveyard. And now he's favorite, pissed off and wants blood. My favorite was the apple pie one. And it sounds so simple. Can't you just put ice cream on apple pie? The way it was mixed in there and the way you got the chunks and everything, it was in the ice cream, not melted on top and all gooey and crappy. It was like in the ice cream. It was perfect. See? Apple pie, man. Ben and Jerry, man. They uh some of I don't know how what percentage are from happy cows. I will say that I have put down three pints in one night though. Man, pretty and you close. were pretty happy. Dude, I was fat, dumb, and happy. Like that was just now if they could prove that they give weed to the cows that they get the milk from, that might be kind of cool. I'm pretty but, sure that's gonna that's gotta happen, right? Then you get a little little THC in the milk and the ice cream and everybody's happy, right? I guess the only problem is you just imagine you get the munchies from pot ice cream and you just keep eating more pot ice cream. Oh, it's a perfect it's a perfect ecosystem for selling ice cream though. Right? It seems like one of those like hockey stick curves in terms of how effed up you're gonna get. It's just like <laughs> <laughs> just keep eating, man. Just, just keep, keep eating. Do this now there's a couple of flavors that they sell like giant containers of it right like a quart oh i don't know i i don't think i've ever seen a quart i think some of the like vanilla like vanilla maybe and like maybe, cherry garcia or something maybe cherry garcia and cookie dough fish food maybe fish food yeah some of the the big ones i think they do sell like quarts of those you know i don't look often but when i look it seems like i see the same flavors at all time i mean they don't have that many flavors maybe like 12 or 15. I feel it was like it more exciting, like in the past to go to the count, you know, to go into the frozen food thing and look and be like, oh, there's two new flavors. I got to try them out. Now it's like, yeah, it's the same stuff. I don't feel like having any of those that are there. You know, I just wanted to see. Yeah, they definitely add their new flavors. I don't know if it's a summer thing or a winter thing or when they add them. Like a couple of years ago, they added that urban bourbon. That was yeah. really good. Yeah. Maybe I don't go to a baller enough. Uh, Grocery store. You gotta go to a fancier grocery store. That's the big thing. I might need to. Or the Ben and Jerry's scoop shop. Even better. Shop. Yeah, they don't have Ben and Jerry's down here. What? They have, you know, they have it in the store, but they don't have any shops down here. What? Nothing. They have other they have other other people that have come in. A lot of Ohioans uh have in, infiltrated the whole Clearwater Tampa area. Mm. So they have like Strathens, which is like really good, but I think they're they're from the Midwest. Like there's there's a lot of brands that that come from somewhere else. Not Vermont. There's no Vermont pipeline down here. <sighs> I don't know how you deal with it, man. I don't know. Make it work though. Hey, I was I was up north near Vermont for four days. I didn't have any ice cream. That's true. You know that is true. We actually walked past Ben and Jerry's multiple times. I know the scoop shop. We walked right past. Walked right past it. And we did go there last year. I remember that. Did we ever? And it was glorious. <laughs> and you were still talking about eating the Vermonster, which if it does happen, I'm going to YouTube uh, that shit. I'm going to see start think, to finish. I think my stomach is drastically shrinking these days. Ah, uh, I'm getting so svelte. I don't know. I don't know if the Vermonster is in my, my future. But you got trained for it. 
I would love to get to the point where my metabolism just like burns through everything and just bring out the Vermonster. Again, I think the biggest problem with it is the four bananas. Oh, there's a lot of extra shit other than ice cream. It's like it's bananas and brownies, all toppings, brownies. Like, yeah, I can if it was motor- just ice cream. I think that people would have a better chance. I could motor it. through the ice cream, the brownies. I could make work. It's those goddamn bananas. Like four bananas. Four bananas. I can't eat four bananas now. I'm not a banana guy in general, but that four of them, like. Now, are you allowed to like blend your stuff too? Like, can you bring an immersion blender and like blend up your bananas and brownies? Just blend it all together. Make a big milkshake out of it. Just chug it. it. I wonder how big the milkshake would be. I saw on uh, one of those Food Network things, there was a a mall, you know, uh, a shake shop that had. It was something like you had to eat like ten or twelve shakes or something. It doesn't sound like a lot, but the person was trying to do it, and they were like, after the third one, like your stomach's cold, your throat's cold, mm. so like you just can't drink any more milkshake. And they they cut out like uh, midway. So like, there's no way. Yeah, that's it's it's easier to get it down. The thing is, you can't stop. As soon as you stop, like yeah. you need to just like funnel that pretty much. Ooh, and they make you do it within a certain time. So that it's not going to all melt and get warm. Like it's going to yeah. be cold going down. That's that's tough. That is tough. What if you could die from doing that? Can you die Hopefully. from brain freeze? Hopefully. That's right. If you're drinking 10 milkshakes in a row. Well, if that doesn't get you, the diabetes is going to get you. Diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a gift of diabetes in every milkshake right there. Yep. Well, hopefully um, we'll figure out. And hopefully they are using happy cows on the caring dairy because we're big Ben and Jerry's fans and we hope they're doing the right thing. Thank you everyone so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Check us out. Ski We got the groovy shop there. Ski slash shop. Have more stuff up there next week. So for black Friday, you'll be ready to go to buy some new gear. We are on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We are at ski podcast. Subscribe and rate us, please. That would help us out tremendously. Go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify to do that. We're also on Pinterest, I think. SoundCloud, YouTube, everywhere. If you want to send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We will talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay balloon. See ya.